Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Theatrical Mustang Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Woodzik. This is episode 55 with three incredible women, Rachel Del Mar, Emily Pennick, and Hattie Andrus, and we're talking about Snow Globed and For Christmas, which are playing in progresses to kind of alternative holiday shows that'll be taking place at West of Lennon. Snow Globe runs December 4th through the 19th, and For Christmas runs the 4th through the 20th. We'll have all the ticketing links in the episode description, but we talk about fun holiday traditions, we talk about our favorite holiday movies and snacks and the best and worst presents we ever got for the holidays. And so this was a really fun episode. I, I laughed I laughed heartily during this episode. So please go check out Playing in Progress, Playing at West of Lennon, five brand new spanking plays by local playwrights. And then For Christmas is actually in the studio space at West of Lennon, only 15 audience members a night. And it is a play between Jesus and Santa Claus, and their friendship has been tested, and it's happening in a studio apartment, and you want to be there for that that play, don't you? I want to see how that turns out. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Joeyano Photography. I know that you've seen Joeyano's work, Annex Production Stills, perhaps, and if you want to see more of his work or possibly hire him, you're going to want to visit facebook.com slash Photography. We'll have that link in the episode description. Thank you, Joe, for being a sponsor. Thank you to everyone who's donated so far to help keep the podcast going through 2016. If you would like to join those cool cats, there's two ways to donate. You can either check out the donate button on the left-hand side of the theatricalmustang.podbean.com website, or there's a big bright green button at the top that says become a patron, and you can do a monthly donation through that. The donate button is just a one-time donation, but anything you can spare is appreciated to help keep this going and keep this free for everyone. What else? I guess I should keep shamelessly plugging my show that's coming up, which is The Adams Family. Snap, snap. Uh, opening at Whidbey Island Center for the Arts, December 4th, through the 19th, and I play Alice, and it's really fun. Lonnie Brockman is directing it. It's going to be a good show, folks, and I would love to see you come out uh, and support that production. All right, please enjoy the Snow Globed and Four Christmas podcast, episode 55. Thanks for listening. Welcome, three powerhouse female directors, producers, performers, to the podcast. Rachel Del Mar is pointing at, at the two women flanking her. So, uh, Rachel Del Mar, Emily Pennick, and Hattie Claire Andrus are all here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I, feel, I feel like we're like a coven here. It feels pretty yes. great. It's some magic happening. So, we're here to talk about both Snow Globe and For Christmas going up. December 4th at West of Lennon, Rachel Del Mar, tell me about these projects. Oh, where do I begin? <laughs> uh, well, Snow Globed uh, is an evening of holiday-inspired scenes and spectacles that are coming from five local playwrights that are being directed by the very amazing, wonderful, talented Emily Pennick. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
They are there to create uh, an opportunity for you to go out to the holiday theater extravaganza that isn't the Nutcracker or Christmas or Carol. Christmas Carol, which you should see because Emily Pennick. And it's not that I don't love. It's not that I don't love those things, but this is definitely the place for the people who are looking for something else to do. Uh, including me who want to know about Kwanzaa uh, and orphanages and Cockney 1873 England murderous elves murderous elves oh my yeah there's a lot going on so uh, that's that's about snow globe for Christmas and much more really Uh, for Christmas is a play about uh, Jesus Christ (laughs) <laughs> our lord and savior uh, right <laughs> he was born in april so uh relevant uh <laughs> and and santa claus and their friendship and uh jesus is sent back to earth to deal with the clusterfuck that we have created on earth uh in the meantime since he last lived here and uh, he and Santa are dealing with the issue of who owns Christmas a little bit, but while working on their friendship and while moving Jesus into his horrible studio apartment. <laughs> so that sounds that brings <laughs> the joy, joy of Christmas. I just thought about like eggnog and and boozy Christmases. Don't you want it? Wa- <laughs> wouldn't you watch that like while all of that was happening? Like cider, you get cider at West of Lennon. Get something at the bar. You absolutely go can. So Ooh, you're telling cider. me a little bit before we uh, before we started recording. This is going to be happening in a studio space, mm-hmm. and only 15 to 20 people are going to be able to see for Christmas at a time. That is very true. Uh, uh, we are actually creating a studio apartment that uh, that Jesus will be living in <laughs> uh, <laughs> inside of our studio <laughs> at West of London. Uh, so we're building and incorporating the seats into the set. Very few people are going to be able to see this uh, at a time. We're hoping to make it a very environmental experience for everybody. Uh, and we are, It's while it is a short play, it's about. It's going to be about 70 minutes, that we are taking an intermission. And during that, you're going to have a very fun experience that may involve something like eggnog or cider. Oh, my. <laughs> so as a spoiler slash uh, intrigue point, hopefully. Fantabulous. Yeah. So you can see both of these plays in one night if you want to, in the same space. You're coming to the Fremont area, you're getting a great dinner, seeing the five snow globe plays, getting a drink, and then coming to see for Christmas. That is the dream, right? That's that's what we're hoping what people will do. That's the dream. And if you want the like real dream, we actually have a really cool ticket deal <laughs> um, our, v- our VIP ticket deal involves uh, I thought Amy Escobar did Amy Escobar Amy Escobar she's our winner <laughs> she doubled down on her tickets uh, a couple days ago she bought both her ticket to Snow Globe and for Christmas if you buy your ticket to Snow Globe you get $10 off your ticket for Christmas she's doing it in the same night it's going to be crazy she's going to have an amazing time I bet she'll have to report back and let us know 
Um, but if you, we do have these VIP tickets available. We partner with Pomerol, who is our next door neighbor, literally next door to West of Lennon. And they are, uh, as part of our VIP ticket deal, they are going to give anyone who purchases those tickets a appetizer and cocktail before the show. <laughs> so you'll get to go head over there. You can put that as part of a full dinner. If that's all you want, you can go and get that. It's part of your ticket. Uh, and then you can come to West of Lennon. You get a drink as part of your VIP ticket. And then you get first choice of seats because it is general admission. So you get to go in, you get to pick where you're sitting before anybody else. So that's part of our VIP ticket deal that you get to enjoy the Fremont neighborhood a little bit. Oh, nice. As director, could I buy one? You can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, bet we, I, there. I bet we could arrange that. Emily Paddock, what a fantastic transition. <laughs> <laughs> you're directing the five brands making new snow globe plays. How did you come to uh, be partnered with this project? Oh my god, I'm having so much fun in rehearsal already. I, I came to this project because of Rachel. She came to me, and I was so honored, because Snow Globed has been her baby for the past four years. And in its fifth year, she decided to um, pass the baton to Emily. Um, that's you. <laughs> yeah, that's me. You get points. You get, like, ten gold stars for talking about yourself in the third person. I love <laughs> that was my goal for the year. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, um, I, I mean, I, the whole buzz about snow globes have been so exciting. I, I'm new to Seattle, so um, all I had to go on was what people had been saying about it, and that it was this deliciously irreverent alternative holiday show, and uh, I love West of Lennon. It's a great space, and I love eating Indian food in Fremont, so <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally game for that. And then having five local playwrights... Um, writing these holiday-inspired plays was really exciting. Um, I mean, the reason I got into to directing in the first place was because of new plays. Um, and I, I knew uh, Nikki Davis and um, Pilar personally, and I know that they're so funny and so smart. And I was like, I want, I want to direct plays by them. Mm -hmm. And then the whole collection of plays just ended up being um, such a trip. <laughs> so yeah, um, thank you, Rachel, for, for asking me to come on board. Yeah, there's been a holiday magic. I feel like that's happened every year, where somehow all I give the playwrights is the prompt that it's holiday inspired, and you get very minimal tech. <laughs> uh, lights up, lights down, minimal sound, uh, and every year I really believe that there is some sort of holiday magic that goes into Snow Globed, where all the plays seem to fit together in some way, in some sort of story arc. And this year, they just seem to, they they tell their own story, I think. And there's a huge energy that travels through them this year. Uh, and musically, I think they're, they're, this year, more than any other year, going to be very powerful. Especially uh, after reading the plays, I knew Emily was the right director because of her uh, dance background. And getting Aaron Bednarz to come on to design sound with her music background uh, was really exciting for me because I think the two of them together with these plays are going to create a really fun night of theater. Kind <laughs> of like a disturbing holiday dance party. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Before we delve into the ensemble and, and the playwrights, I want to bring Hattie into the conversation. Mm -hmm. I want to pitch a question uh, to everyone here. What is your favorite holiday movie and why? Oh my god. Curveball! <laughs> oh, oh no. 
Go. White, White Christmas. Oh, oh yeah. great choice. Jesus Christ. The choreography oh, yeah. number. Uh-huh. Sisters? I, um, sorry. Oh, I, I, hit, I, hit my, I hit my chest really hard. It's Danny Kaye yeah. talking about In a black theater, the theater. Turtle turtle neck. to the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's not dancing. It's I choreography. Yeah. 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 That that makes uh, the holiday season for me. Mm. And, of course, singing Sisters with my sister. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Every year we're requested. <laughs> and my, my mom sister. trying to harmonize to snow, snow, snow when they're on the... Yeah. She's tone deaf, so it's always a, a good <laughs> snow, snow, snow. 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 <laughs> <laughs> really, oh, that's a horrible. good one. Patty, Rachel, what do you think? Choose carefully. Oh, that's hard. Okay, well, I'll go, like, the not classy Irene Berlin version. <laughs> Um, I love the Family Stone. Oh, interesting thing. That is like that feel-good holiday movie, like contemporary movie, that right. I will just watch over and over again. Wow. Holiday season or not. Hmm. It bodes well for all times of year. Excellent choice, Rachel. All right. I got to go either Muppet Christmas Carol, because mm. Marley and Marley. Right? Yeah. <laughs> or uh, the... Old like night, I think it's nineteen thirty four Christmas uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, mm-hmm. sure. which has just always been. I don't know. I don't. I think I may have been one of the first movies that I remember watching, or something is implanted in my brain where I just really like that's it. And Doris Walker, the woman who who plays Doris Walker, just died recently, and mm-hmm. I had a I had a day where I was like, oh. <laughs> not Aww. Doris not Doris and I played her once when I was in high school so in a in a high school Miracle on 34th Street so I'm like that's my yeah that's my movie that I watch every year for sure but also because I want to answer the question yeah please do um, Elf is great I'm going to uh, say three I'm going to say three alright Elf for like the middle of the road everyone can watch it mm-hmm. love uh, it Love actually when I want to cry yeah. and feel bad yeah. about being single. And then, <laughs> and then bad Santa when you've oh. had some you know enough to drink oh, and you just Lorelei. want like a Yes <laughs> Yes. I remember watching that after years of Gilmer Girls and being Were like, you scandalized? Oh my god. I really was. I was an adult. <laughs> I was like twenty three and I was like, Lorelei, what are you doing? <laughs> it was great. Lorelei <laughs> So let's segue back into. <laughs> it's just gonna be. I mean, it's gonna. Be, it's gonna be like the snow in a snow globe. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna shake it up. We're gonna have it stir around. <laughs> it's gonna come down in different directions. It's I gonna be it. delightful. We can knock that shit over. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do, <laughs> just destroy the office. Turn it upside down and have it collect at the top. Oh. Just wait for it. I love all this imagery. I just think, I think that we need to have our own TV show. We're excited. We're like 13 minutes into the podcast. It's amazing. But let's, let's center back in on this project. Uh, yeah. Tell me about the ensemble. Tell me about the playwrights. I'll talk about the ensemble a bit. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. We have Kiki Abba. Maximilian Davis. Oh, are we going to hold our applause? I just, like, I, I love her so much. No, it came out without thinking. But yeah, please continue. Oh, my God. Now you're going to have to comment on everyone. Each and every one of these six actors is a gem. So we've got Kiki. We've got Maximilian Davis. Woo. We have Andy Bufflin. John L. Brown. Shane Regan. And Andrew Murray. Applause for all the actors. Boom. 
Yeah, and w what I love about this bunch of people is um, they're risk takers, mm -hmm. and they've got they've got a lot of um, comedic skill, but also a lot of soul and sincerity. And I, and I think it's it's important for a, a holiday show that throws you a lot of curveballs and goes some pretty dark places to um, have a real heart to it, um, so that you can you can take the audience along with you when you um, accidentally murder somebody. You know. Uh, what? Oh no! What? Spoiler, Spoiler alert! alert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, the, the challenge for me as a director with the, with the ensemble was to make five separate plays flow as an evening and, and as you know one piece of theater and having a guest spot um, at the top of the second act of a, of a guest uh, act every week. So um, so it became a really fun thing to cast these awesome actors in roles throughout the evening that are very different. So if you have a, a favorite actor in the lineup, they will be doing like three or maybe four very different roles. Um, and so part of the fun is watching the journey of the ensemble and all the different hats that they get to put on throughout the evening. Speaking yeah. about those guest spots, over to you, Hattie. <laughs> so there are going to be, and you're going to have to keep an eye on, on the Facebook and, and uh, social for, for announcements because they're not confirmed yeah. yet, but um, each week there's a special guest artist yes. that you're curating. Yes. So I am the curator <laughs> of the guest artist slot, which, Rachel, will you chime in? Have you done this setup before with this rotating guest artist slot? Uh, not exactly like this. The first three years of Snow Globe was very different than what it is today, but also similar. <laughs> uh, it was only one night, though, versus what we're doing right now. So we, uh, I invited originally in the first couple of years, first three years, just artists across the board, whether they wanted to write a play and do it themselves. They needed me to come on to help. If they wanted to do something, uh, they wanted to do a dance piece. They wanted to, like, whatever they wanted to do. I just kind of blanketly invited people to create something that was holiday-inspired, uh, specifically the first two years. And so those uh, were more, had that element of it, where this guest artist, uh, Essence, where they were people who I had no idea what they were going to do, <laughs> came in with their holiday-inspired piece, and we all teched the same day, and we just did it that night, and it was awesome. Uh, the third year uh, was a little was uh, more similar to what we're doing now, where we I invited five playwrights to write plays. I did it. I directed it with an ensemble of actors, but I also had three guest spots where I invited three artists or pairs of artists to create something where I was just like, I trust you, make something, show up. <laughs> and <laughs> have it be holiday inspired, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, it was awesome. And I mean, a huge part of it was that we wanted, uh, I wanted people from different worlds, different theater worlds, because even though we have a very connected theater community, we do live in different, there are, uh, we do have different worlds inside of our community. And so I uh, very actively try to invite people from these different worlds to Snow Globe. So we are all coming together for the holidays <laughs> and, and to bring together our art, to bring together, 
artists that we typically wouldn't get to work with necessarily and to bring together our patrons who well I follow this person you know I go see everything they do but I've never seen what this person does because they always produce over at this place and I just don't go there but tonight there we're all together and they, they get to figure out that they love that other person as well. <laughs> so that's always been my intention. And that's what that's where the guest artist spot came out of. And last year, that fell away a little bit just because of the uh, constraints of doing a late night and doing uh, just the amount of time that we had um, in the actual slot. So this year, I was when I when we decided to bring it to back to being a main stage, it was very important to me to bring back that element of not only the cross-pollination of artists but and patrons, but the, the risk factor of it. I love the risk factor of being like, I trust you as an artist, and I can't wait to see what you show up with. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's something that I really love about Snow Globed as a whole, but especially this guest artist piece, is that emphasis on bringing different people from corners of the city and disciplines. You know, it's all theatrical, but from slightly different disciplines um, together into the same space and cross-pollinate. That's a great word to use. Um, for this year, we are withholding official announcement of artists for our social media strategy <laughs> <laughs> um, to get purely technical. Yeah. No, but um, we do have uh, the slots confirmed and um, something that I really wanted to focus on, even though the five plays that will be the, the main five uh, plays of Snow Globed are totally not your typical living room couch play at all, um, I still wanted to make sure that we were incorporating even more... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Not theater. What is that fancy word? Dance? 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, cross, co- cross genre yeah, performances. Yeah. So why don't I just use actual words such as like burlesque, more like dance dance rather than theater movement mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and things such as that. So in, and in that spirit of trust, one of the people, one of the artists who will be doing um, a slot I've known for 10 years, um, but have never seen this artist perform in this particular genre that they're doing. And another artist um, I know personally, but have not seen them create work in this way. Um, but they're people that I'm interested in and people are jazzed about, and I'm just really excited to bring them into the mix. It's like that present under the Christmas tree, you don't know who it's from. Ooh, <laughs> We're really excited yeah. about it, right? The tag fell What's off. What's going to be in it? <laughs> who knows? to uh, do another Christmas, uh, holiday-themed question. Thank you. <laughs> These are fun. Uh, what is your favorite holiday beverage or snack uh, to consume uh, around this time of year? Oh boy. Okay, I'll go first. Everyone's thinking food. They're like, everyone's like, yeah, eyes yeah. up at this, you know, like, yeah. having that sensory mem- memory. Yes, Hattie? Okay, I have a two-part answer. Okay. Because <laughs> I have a two-part religious history, so I get two answers, right? Okay. <laughs> um, I grew up culturally Jewish and culturally American Christmas, which is to say my mother grew up Catholic, so we celebrated Christmas, but we, we're not Christian <laughs> at all. So, capitalist. Um, <laughs> so my... Oh, wow. 
capitalist religion side loves me Starbucks peppermint mocha. Oh, nice, but I nice. also feel like I'm definitely going to die after I drink one, so <laughs> I limit myself to one a year. Um, and then, really? uh, yeah, oh what? God, I like really feel like death after. Um, and then, <laughs> just like sugar overload. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the cultural Jew in me, like, gotta have some latkes in your life. Um, which, if our listeners don't know that word, latka, latke. <laughs> it is the traditional Hanukkah fried potato pancake um, served with, in my home at least, applesauce and sour cream. And you smell like it for like a week after. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful mm-hmm. answer. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Me? Yeah. All right. Why not? <laughs> um, I love my mom's sour cream spritzer cookies. Mm. And why Ooh. they're special is because they have a little crack in them. You just can't <laughs> stop eating them. No, but, but like, the, like the drug? Yeah. No, I mean, a metaphorical like, crack, yeah. <laughs> But um, you, you shove all the dough in a press, and then you like click a little sort of like gun handle, and it, it squirts out the end in the form of a Christmas tree or a snowflake. Um, so they're all like perfect because they shoot out of that cookie gun, and then um, <laughs> you cook them, and, and they're gone in like a day. You just can't stop once you start. <laughs> yeah. We have these. It's interesting to see everyone's faces as they tell about these things. A lot of them are rooted in childhood, right? Yeah. In tradition, mm-hmm. and how uh, there's such an emotional memory tied to these. Rachel Delmar. Oh man. Well, Emily actually asked a very similar question at the first Snow Globe rehearsal read through, and my answer was latkes. Even though I am, ra- I was raised very. <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Oh, no, I'm cool. Don't even worry about it. Um, and I, but I had a friend who I would always go over to their house for like the last, probably all of high school actually, I would go over and I would have Hanukkah with them and it was awesome. Um, but then, but as I was like, people were going around the table and that's totally still on my top three for sure because I love potatoes. <laughs> Let me tell you about potatoes. Uh, but as we were going around the circle and we were talking about it, two other things came to mind. So I'm getting three because I yeah, decided. go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, uh, I for years and years there was a group of ladies that I got together with every year and we baked cookies for the theater that we worked with over uh-huh. in Bellevue, and we would get together and uh, we had a set of like I think like four or five four or five recipes that we would make every year and then sometimes we'd mix in a couple like you know Pinterest didn't even exist when we did it (laughs) but like Pinterest recipes of like the like the fad things that were going on um and so there were these these bars that I would make every year because the first year that I did it I was not a good baker now I love to bake and I'm I'm pretty decent at it I think but they were like oh Rachel like oh honey like you get like three ingredients and so like I made these bars and I cannot think of their name right now but they were like graham cracker crust chocolate chips coconut condensed milk on top oh yeah what are those called what are those called and I used to make the and that was like my thing and it was (laughs) it was because I couldn't 
couldn't do anything else. Guys. Yeah, simple. I, was, I couldn't so do anything simple. else. But those yeah. memories are my like some of my very favorite holiday memories. And my very final, we're going to think of the name before the end. Listeners, is it write Dorothy? It, write is it Dorothy yeah. something? Like, I'm, just, I'm just thinking that it might be one of those, because I'm from the Midwest, it might be one of those cultural things where it's called something different. Uh-huh, every place that you from. are. I mean, it's, I was on like a baking card that's like been a, like it's, it's like span generations too, so like I don't even know. And my final one, very quickly, is Bloody Marys, because that is the thing oh. that my family has every Christmas morning and when I was a kid I would have virgin Bloody Marys until I didn't have them <laughs> anymore <laughs> and I oh am God. a Bloody Mary connoisseur because of that and it's just like I I love them and it's just like even every time I have them even like brunch with ladies like I'm like oh family like it, it really connects family t- for me so those are my three extended <laughs> holiday treats say, for you, podcast Katie, listeners. I would say eggnog lattes in yeah. a similar vein yeah. to the peppermint mochas. Or Starbucks does have creme brulee lattes. Oh, my God. They're really good. But it's just like sugar. I mean, like, it's, <laughs> they basically it's should that. hand you a cup of sugar. I yeah. mean, like, it would be the same. Yeah. It would not be the same. But then also, because I'm from Wisconsin, uh, oh. having, having the... The cheese and crackers, but not actual cheese, like the spreadable cheese mm. that is like kind of hard to get out of. It starts with a K. It's like it's not like it's oh, oh. something, because yeah. something. Um, <laughs> but or the or that has like the red cheese and the oh, orange cheese yeah. mixed together, and you just sort of like sit and eat that. Have you found the name of the yes, dessert? The dramaturg in my iPhone says that it's called a magic cookie bar. So we called no? it. All right. I think it's got to be. Thinking, it's see, it's, it's got to be a thing. different thing. Every chunk of the. the I was going to say probably, Miracle Bar, but I want to say it's called something Dorothy. Katie McLean, when you listen to this, <laughs> you call in and let me know. Just just text me. <laughs> call actually, call into the non-existent <laughs> studio. Non-existent <laughs> studio. <laughs> Shout it into the abyss. Yeah. Or Karen. Answer. Katie or Karen McLean. Yeah. Pigeon. Pigeon. Carrier pigeon works too. <laughs> Rachel Delmar. Yeah. Bringing it back. <laughs> Tell me about the playwrights that you extended the invitations to, and then give me the sort of elevator speech about each play that they came up with. Oh, Please. man. Please, thank you. I may tap Emily to help me with the elevator speech. Um, I'm very, very excited about these playwrights. I'm excited every year. Uh, but I was, this year... Every single playwright that I asked initially said yes. And so this was like my dream team of playwrights. Uh, Benjamin Binet, Kayleen Conway Blanchard, Pilar O'Connell, Nikki Davis, and Kay Brian Neal are our playwrights this year. Uh, Yeah, let's clap for them because they're amazing. They are seriously amazing. They're, uh, they... Span like I, I like I said I try to invite people from different worlds and I feel like they do span a, a, a different a, a collection of of groups and uh, theaters across Seattle but they are still all very even though Nikki Davis left us for L A Seattle oh, she'll come back she'll come back <laughs> Seattle based artists um, so. Let's see. Let's let's go through these. Uh, ben, oh Ben, Ben writes with poetry. 
Benjamin Benet writes with poetry, and he wrote a beautiful play about uh, a stranger and a tree and how they uh, coexist and how they come to share the holidays together. Yeah. Um, Maximilian Davis plays a Christmas tree. And, um, and Shane Regan plays um, uh, a young boy who is told to cut down a Christmas tree for the first time. And the piece really plays... I just got chills. <laughs> it's quite beautiful. I think it's kind of the soul of the evening, because um, there's a lot of funny ruckus in there. But, but this tree and the stranger um, share a really important moment. And it's about family, and it's about loneliness, and it's about paving your own way. It's a really touching piece. I'm grateful that, that he wrote it. And then Kayleen. Uh, Mistress of the Dark. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That's probably inappropriate. But, no. Um, no. I just, I uh, Gregory Ward nominee. Uh, yes, Kayleen. Gregory Ward nominee. <laughs> Kayleen Conway Blanchard. Uh, she wrote... I, I mean, she writes with a very specific style, and she gave us a lovely holiday-inspired piece right inside of her wheelhouse uh, about an orphanage. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, in England? Yeah, no, I, I totally. I'm making it like a D- Dickensian. Um, uh, go show. ahead. Yeah, rats and roaches. A Dickensian oh. shit show. That's, That's exactly what I yes, mind. yes. I mean, for people who know Kayleen, that probably is all they need to know. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Pilar O'Connell is our, she's a, this is, I believe, her debut as a playwright, period. Really? Like, ever. Oh. Which is really exciting, and you can correct me on social media later if that is incorrect, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that that is true. Um, she's been, this is her third year being involved in Snow Globe. She's been an actor two years previously. And I'll give very quick backstory on this and to her play. Um, I obviously love the holidays. And I embrace um, pretty much any tradition that kind of comes along. And I, a couple of years ago, purchased an elf on the shelf. (laughs) Because how could you not? It's really creepy. It came with like a drawing book. So for those, okay, yeah, I, I used not to, know. I used to know. Okay, I, <laughs> the only reason I found this out was because I, I was a nanny for a while, and I was doing a long extended stay while the parents were away. But it was over. Part of it was December, uh-huh. and the mother had very specific instructions about you hide the elf on the shelf every night, and then the kid finds it in the morning. Right? Is this whole thing? What is this demented tradition? I, it's it is. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess it is a tradition now. It, it there is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like there are the instructions. Ba- it's like if the kid's bad, you don't hide the elf. Well, if the kid is, I don't know if the hiding is actually part of it. Um, that may have just been the. I believe okay. that the elf is just there watching you. <laughs> Oh, right. so determining like how many presents you get for yeah, this. Yeah, it's like he's he's uh, he or she because there are both genders, I believe. Santa's uh, representative. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, watching to see if you are naughty or nice, and so it's like in December, like the parents get to be like, "Yo, kids, if you wanted presents, <laughs> you gotta you gotta pay attention and be good because this elf is watching you. Like literally, it's there. It has eyes. It's watching you. It's very creepy." 
I love it personally. I had like the book. I did all the things every day. Like it has a <laughs> countdown advent calendar. Or <laughs> not it's not advent, but it's like uh, you know, that was my Catholic coming out. Um <laughs> uh, Rachel, your Catholic is showing. Uh, I'm sorry, I put that away. I'm so, really sorry. Uh, my mom will love it. <laughs> Hi mom. Uh, and for the last two years of Snow Globe, Elf on the Shelf came to all of our Snow Globe rehearsals. <laughs> So, we do, uh, in Fringe Theater, at least in my Fringe Theater, we rehearse a lot at my apartment. And so, uh, Elf on the Shelf just happened to be there, and then it kind of just translated into being an important part of our process. So, he, like, came along with us to wherever we went, and actually, in the first year that we had Elf on the Shelf, we incorporated him into every piece that (laughs) was in Snow Globe, um, to Pilar's disdain, (laughs) because she hates him. She hates him. She thinks he is the creepiest thing in the world. So, the next year we continued the tradition, our Elf on the Shelf tradition, and uh, during the course of last year, Pilar approached me and said, I have a play that I want to write for Snow Globe next year. It is about Elf on the Shelf. And I said, okay. (laughs) So, she was my first playwright slated, and she has written a play uh, I don't know if it's about Elf on the Shelf. It incorporates Elf on the Shelf. Prominently features. Prominently features. <laughs> Does someone uh, get to play the elf? We have um, two actors uh, being Bumraku puppeteers with the elf on the shelf. That's so cool. To, to help him perform his, oh, yeah. his sacred duties. Mm. 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 <laughs> and that's all I'll say about it because it's the grand finale of the evening. It is. Okay. I like how we're all very, like, I feel like we all got transported back to theater history and like the mm-hmm. Japanese mm-hmm. portion, and we're like, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I took theater history. And all that. <laughs> it is there amazing. will also be a little bit of Indonesian shadow puppetry in the evening. Woo! There's, there's little little puppet cameos. Uh-huh. No pun intended. A little, and then Kay Brian Neal, who is an amazing man and actor and director and playwright and one-man shower gentleman in Seattle uh, wrote us a play about the distribution of holiday assets. Yeah, so what happens when you're getting divorced and um, you have to separate all of your assets? And what if you have to sit in a room with your attorneys and uh, separate all of your Christmas shit? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so it, it's it's hilarious and it's um, thought provoking about the um, emotional attachment we have to objects, um, and and when Christmas becomes about things and when you take the things away, what are you left with? I think that segues nicely into my third holiday question, <laughs> which is uh, best and worst holiday gifts. Oh no! Best going all the way back to oh, okay. Hi, mom. I love you, (laughs) mother. Um, I think I was nine, and we went to have uh, Christmas with my dad's side of the family. It just was like when it worked out with everyone's schedule to go visit them. This is the cultural Jew side of the family. Um, so it was like a pretty anticlimactic Christmas because 
cultural Jew. Um, and so my mom was like, oh, like we, I think we like hung little stockings and got some chocolate, but there were no presents because we were across the country. And my mom was like, oh, don't worry, like we'll do tree and presents when we get home. And um, then the only thing she gave me for Christmas that year was a bulletin board. <laughs> <laughs> now, I said I wanted a bulletin board, but, but it was mom. just a blank bulletin board for that was- Christmas. That was all. Do you, do you have a partner story of like the best Christmas present or holiday present? Excuse me. Or is it you're just like the worst? I don't want to talk about the best. She like doesn't even remember it. She's like, I would never. I was like, no, I remember. <laughs> it was 1999. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, no. One little like present tradition that I love is that my dad um, always gets us like really awesome smart wool socks during Hanukkah, mm-hmm. which is super random. But now I have this amazing collection of smart wools. What? What is that? Oh, <laughs> wait. Have you, you... You live in Seattle. REI. What? No. Uh, <laughs> it's a, don't, don't worry. I don't know what they are. Either. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, my, I, live, I live in Seattle, but I do not go to REI. <laughs> oh. Smart wool is just a brand, and it's smart like those... Oh, smart... Yeah. Okay. Oh, did, was I saying something else? I was heard, I like, saying marbles. Smart. Like, is this something really cool I, I should know about? I had a peppermint mocha smart. before I came. <laughs> <laughs> Your annual peppermint mocha. Just, just the one, I swear. Brain melt. Um, smart wool. Mm, there we so go. very heavy-duty socks. Yeah, but they have, like, beautiful patterns, and they're really well-made... Okay. So you look forward to that each year. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, I would like to go now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go for it. Katie, tell Best us. present, Geo Safari oh. Elementary. You remember Geo Safari? Mm. It's not like where in the world is Carmen San Diego. No, but I, I insisted in my second grade class that we did where in the world was Carmen San Diego as geography lesson. And I was... <laughs> This is a true story. Like, this is the first show I ever produced, and I was seven. And so I had a huge refrigerator box, and I was the chief, and I sat in the box the entire time with my walkie-talkie. I was obsessed with Carmen San Diego. No. But the Geo Safari was, it, gosh, it was, it, I mean, obviously not a computer, but it was, it looked (laughs) like a computer, and it had electronic sensors on it, and so Mm. you would put different cards on it that would be like, state capitals or different countries and then you would play geo safari and learn geography that way and i was just beyond thrilled to get the geo safari it was fantastic and then the worst presents i think are always when people send you uh non-specific clothing like Mm-hmm. Socks without knowing you love smart wool socks. Right. It's it's not. Like, why did you even try? Yeah. Give me a gift card instead, mm. idiot. <laughs> or even but. worse, like a tank top or like a shirt. Like uh, they act like something that you can't just like make fun of. A calendar? A calendar? Ooh, What's yeah. like just Calendars. a calendar? I want to choose. I want to choose. I want to curate what my mm. art looks like in my home, <laughs> including the calendars. Thank you. Uh, Rachel? Well, I think best I feel what year was this was this like 6th grade that like maybe even younger maybe it was like 5th 6th grade Furbies 
It was like, do you remember they do when not toys used off. to sell out? <laughs> like years later, they'll blink <laughs> at you. Going. Oh yeah, mine still does. It's you still have to take my a shelf. hammer to it to oh make it God. stop. But there was a time where like toys, like I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in that movie, right? About yeah. Jingle All the Way. Where like toys, they used to sell out. Like Amazon Prime did not exist once. Guys, I know this is hard for you, podcast <laughs> listeners, but it didn't exist once. And my, I wanted a Furby. And my my mother and father, uh, I'm one of them, I imagine more than the other, no offense guys, uh, went out <laughs> and somehow, and it was the year that they like sold out and it was, you know, but I, I woke up Christmas morning and there was a Furby there and that was pretty tight. Not gonna lie, I got bored a couple weeks later. <laughs> Maybe less. It may have been a couple days. Do you, do you know now that Furbies talk to each other? Because now there's a resurgence of Furbies really? with oh. kids who are like seven to ten. Uh-huh. And then you need to get two Furbies because the <gasps> Furbies talk to each other. Wow. That's a but they're smart, too. man. Yeah. Um, and then as a follow up awesome gift, I have to give uh, Trevor Young Marston a pretty good shout out for surprising me with a trip to Disneyland last year. <laughs> <laughs> Which was uh, awesome, and I don't know how he kept it inside of himself, um, as I, like, slowly, like, opened up the, like, ornament, and I was like, oh, this ornament's beautiful, and I, like, hung it up, it was like a Mickey Mouse, like, Christmas ornament, and I'm like, oh, that's great, thanks, and he was like, please, could you open the card? Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I was gonna open it, like, could you open the card, though? And it was after, like, a full day of Christmas with my parents, and, like, it was lovely. So I don't know how he managed, but it was a really great surprise last year. Um, And the worst gift ever, I don't know if I ever get, like, the worst, I don't think I've ever had one that's the worst ever, but Santa tends to have a tendency at my house to fill our stockings with really useful items, like Q-tips, um... Like Costco Q-tips, like I like I have a lot of Q-tips, and I don't know what Santa <laughs> thinks I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> but like, there's only so, <laughs> so many times I can leave my ears and like put on eyeshadow. Like there's it's really, you know. So there, that's 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 that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Never-ending Q-tips. That's great. Um. Okay, so the worst, uh, the worst (laughs) Christmas gift I ever got, it's actually a great gift, but the context of sitting around the tree with all of family, I was, I don't know, maybe like 12 or 13, I was young, and um, my grandmother, who is now passed, um, she was a model back in the 40s, and just really a glamorous woman, and you know, she, she cared a lot about how us ladies presented ourselves, and um, she gave me a bright purple push-up bra from Victoria's Secret. Mm. Which, like, would have been, like, a hell yeah gift, except I had to open it in front of, like, everybody. Mm. So that was, that was a very embarrassing moment. Um, Yeah, I could have done without that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great bra, but bad context. And then, um, Do you still have it? No. No, not anymore. Mm -hmm. Grew up. <laughs> I'm a lot of women. Um, oh and, then, and then the best, the best one that I ever got um, was, and this is, I was even younger than that. Um, I got a box full of wooden blocks when I was a little kid, 
and um, they were just like the kind that you build with, building blocks, and I played with those wooden blocks like every day after school for years and years and years, and I was convinced that I was going to be a famous architect, um, as were my parents. <laughs> just could not get enough of those blocks mm. and it was such a happy day when when I was able to um, to give them to some relatives um, I think my my cousin's kids were, were the first ones mm. to get the blocks but they just make the rounds and they'll last forever because they're just wooden blocks that was the best there's one. something poignant about that yeah. your first set designs maybe yeah <clears throat> yeah totally mm. I just, I didn't know I was going to ask those questions, but I was really <laughs> glad I did, because yeah. it's like, ask sort everyone. of, it's it's fun what? Because I want to ask everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, and just like how much that tells, makes me feel closer to each one of you, oh. like knowing these these tidbits. Um, Rachel Del Mar, mm -hmm. when people, when people buy their tickets yes. for these two events, how are they going to do so? <gasps> Uh, through brown paper tickets. <laughs> well, shucks. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, snowglobe5.brownpapertickets.com is for Snowglobe. Then forchristmas, F-O-R, christmas.brownpapertickets.com. And if you are intrigued uh, about seeing both, buy your Snowglobe ticket first because you will get a, a discount code to get $10 off your For Christmas code. So you will be paying significantly less <laughs> than if you were going to buy them both separately. Unless you want to buy both at regular price or at VIP cost. That's awesome, too. Go support this magical yeah. evening, folks. Yeah. Uh, and we will have both of the links in the episode description for this. And I will say, podcast. just before we wrap up, that we did have one more play. I didn't say we were wrapping oh, up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> keep sorry. going. I just oh want to, like, I just didn't want to, I didn't, because we, I was leaving it for last in our playwright lineup, because yes, uh, yes. it is, <laughs> it's a gem. I mean, they're all gems, but Nikki Davis wrote a play. Yes, she, she wrote did. a play. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I just wanted to make sure that, because the other four got shout-outs, that her play Got one as well, and I would love to hear what Emily has to say about it. <laughs> All right. Nikki Davis wrote a play called White Kwanzaa, an, oh. appro an appropriation comedy, and it is fucking brilliant. That sound that you didn't hear was my jaw dropping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. It is hilarious. It is on point, and um, it, it's extraordinary. You will laugh, and you will cringe, and it is all the things. And I feel like it digs at Seattle people culture. Like our, you know, like our, mm. oh, it's so progressive and like accepting. Oh, man. Our it, white it, fragility. It just bangs us on the head. It yeah. does. It really does. Yeah. It's beautiful. So I just wanted to make sure that it, it got its proper due yes. here. Thank you. Because <laughs> I obviously could not count to five before I asked the question. Oh, no worries. I just... <laughs> She's a, she is definitely a playwright worth speaking about. <laughs> At this point in the interview, I kind of wanted to expand, expand the interview to talk about uh, what's coming up next for each one of you past, past these projects, and then just give us a little bit of insight into being a, being a female director and a producer, and uh, <laughs> maybe what you wish that you would have known when you were starting out doing those things, passing on your wisdom. So... Exciting projects and wisdom to pass on. Who wants to go first? I'll start because I'm the Everyone young, looked I'm at the Hattie. youngest. <laughs> I'm, I'm the least to say. Um, <laughs> oh, no. 
Um, uh, okay, that was a good question. That was a lot of stuff. I'll start with projects. Fantastic. I currently, well, now I'm going to start with something else. I would, I would classify myself as a freelance theater artist right now, mm. meaning I spend my days running in circles, directing, <laughs> acting, producing, administrating, and teaching. Um, so right now I am just doing a lot of teaching, which I would invite you to see the final process-based products, but we're not going to go there right now. Um, and um, directing the Lion King Kids with Martin Luther mm. King Elementary School through the Disney Musical and School Program through Seattle Theater Group. Um, and working for Seattle Rep right now on their current production of Come From Away. And Snow Globes. Yeah, I think that's what's happening for me right now. Yeah, right? That's that one thing. Um, being a young female director producer, I think that something that I love about being in Seattle is that for the most part, young artists and hopefully artists of all ages are not um, told that they have to be one thing. Um, and that is not something that has always been true. So I feel like there's a lot of support um, for people who are trying to do it all and not even in a like, I want to be everything kind of way, but that's just how we operate. And I feel like that's something that Rachel and Emily and I all have in common, definitely. Um, that we're just drawn to do certain things and it's not because we're trying to cover all of our bases or be a mega theater monster, but just that that's how our brain goes. Excellent yeah. answers. Yeah. Well done, you. Yeah, so well. advice, I guess, would be, like, if you want to make something, fucking make it. Yeah! yeah. yeah I, 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 I second that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Yeah, me? Um... Let's see, coming up, um, in the midst of Snow Globed uh, performances and for Christmas performances, I'm going to start uh, assistant directing Titus Andronicus over at Seattle Shakespeare oh, mm. uh, with David Quicksall. I'm very excited about that. Uh, it'll be my first time working over at Shakes, so that'll be great. And I love the, the bloody tragedy gore fun fest that it's going to be. Uh, on top of that, because I don't like sleep, um, I, <laughs> boring, um, am going to be in the remount of Seattle Vice. Uh, I was in the original, and I am coming back to reprise my role. Uh, and that will be at the Triple Door uh, the last two weekends in January. Very excited to get back together with Mark and Opal and get sexy and naked. What? No. Yeah. No, yeah. that's right. Mostly, Dance. Mostly naked. <laughs> Um, and, oh man, big hearty question, um, women, theater, so much, uh, be, be loud, uh, don't be afraid to use your voice, uh, in the rooms that you're in. It's uh, interesting, I, it, it's something that I've been thinking about lately do I think as women we're afraid to be thought of as difficult mm -hmm. and I think a production meeting a rehearsal hall you have to get rid of that fear mm -hmm. and and I just felt like saying that right yeah. now in your answer no that's great I know I love it because I think it's a great conversation I I've been trying actively to not say I'm sorry yeah. in in rehearsals 
I'm sorry, I have to, I, I'm sorry, can I stop you? Did you I'm sorry, I did you, yeah, those types of uh, things that just take down what I'm about to say, a notch. I, I, I don't know, I, I really don't know where I was programmed with that. And it just, it happened at some point. Patriarchy. <laughs> Patriarchy. Patriarchy. Uh, but I was. And I often think of myself as being not that, that woman, not that person. And I am. I have, I, I kept myself doing it. I'm working with Kelly Kitchens over on a, 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 a youth ensemble show at SPT. And I was like, I'm sorry, kids. Can we stop here? And I'm like, they're kids. You don't have to apologize to them. Like, we're stopping here to talk about something. You know, and so it's been something I'm very actively. My voice got very loud. I'm sorry, podcast listeners. Um, Don't apologize. I do. Oh my gosh, I did it right there. Um, but that was actually for pain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my voice can get very Not loud. Not for directorial. Not for directorial. Yeah. So that is just something I. I mean, maybe I'm just saying it because I. I am so consciously thinking about it right now. So be loud. Be have your opinions. It's okay to have an opinion, and if it's not in line with someone else's, that's great. I mean, that's why we do what we do, is because we're not all going to have the same idea, and that's why I bring together a huge group of diverse artists, is because none of us, hopefully, not, and you know, we're all going to have different ideas, and they may conflict, but they're also going to find an amazing harmony together. Um, and. My biggest advice that I always give when anybody asks me this um, is to send blind emails. If you want to work with somebody, if you want to work with a company, if you anything like that, send an yeah. email. Do not be afraid to ask. The worst thing that's going to happen is they don't email back or they say no. And the absolute, the greatest opportunities I've ever gotten in theater uh, have been through just reaching out to people and saying, I want to work with you. I think you're awesome. Um, working with Sean Bellier, Kelly Kitchens locally, the two of them work through blind emails, uh, more or less. Uh, and uh, in down in LA, working with Red Dog Squadron and James Roday and the Antaeus Theater Company, they were all through just emails that I was like, I want to work with you because you guys are awesome. And they have been the greatest opportunities that I have ever had um, and have progressed my career and my art and what I've learned significantly so that's what I always say to people do it just ask Boom. yeah I guess I'll, I'll jump in with that you know I don't I don't have anything really eloquent to, to say but I guess everything changed for me when I realized that other women weren't competition and I know that's like so basic but but it's a real elemental shift that happens in your soul and I think as a young lady, you know, being trained as an actress, you know, of course you're up against everything and you're judging everyone, you know, around you. Like, are you a better ingenue than I am? <laughs> like, who's going to get the role? And there's a, a scarcity of resources when it comes to being a, a young female director. Um, I mean, I had mentors, you know, um, well, well, quote unquote mentors when I was very young be like, oh, but you're such a good stage manager. Mm -hmm. or you're such a good actress. Like, are you sure you want to be a director? And um, just sticking with it and sticking with it and not being afraid to look young. You know, I, I think as a young lady director, we can't grow beards. Uh, most of us can't grow <laughs> beards um, to try. sort of, no. you know, try to age up a little bit. But, um, but everything changed for me when I was like, oh, if two young lady directors or three or four are all doing well, then we're like taking over the world and kind of making a new culture that is safe sure. for women to, to be arts leaders. So, um, yeah, I'd say just embrace the ladies um, and 
each other out is kind of my my main advice and what I try to live by. Um, which is actually why I founded um, Red Stage, my new theater company. Yes. So that links back Congratulations. To Thank you. Um, so I, Red Stage is, is myself and Stephanie Hare, Keiko Green, and Julia Narden. Woo! Oh, badass bunch of ladies. <laughs> and uh, we're producing Worse Than Tigers at ACT in the ACT Lab in March of 2016. So um, it's a world premiere of a badass play. Um, written by Mark Chrysler, who's a celebrated Chicago playwright, and um, I think it's just going to spread out from from Seattle. Um, so, so that's that's the thing that I'm I'm most excited about coming up. Um, and then, of course, uh, like I mentioned before, I'm choreographing Christmas Carol at Act, <laughs> which it, it, directing a Snow Globed while working on Christmas Carol is such a gift. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you get to get a lot of fun stuff out of your system before going in. To work with the kiddos, um, and then I'm directing a Romeo and Juliet, or as we're calling it, R and J, a queer love story um, with Seattle Immersive. It's going to be a modern day um, immersive experience, and that's in February. Fantastic! Look at you all taking over Seattle by storm. <laughs> Uh, as we close, now we're closing. Okay, so, sorry. It's been, it's, I'm, I is this, apologize. Is this when we do our no, holidays? Don't, I don't apologize. Damn well, it, I am failing. <laughs> we're not going to sing, oh, but wow. I do want to close with everyone sharing uh, their favorite holiday song. <gasps> oh. Marley and Marley. Whoa. <laughs> Nobody? I, 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 I don't actually know that one. Sorry. The Muppet Christmas Carol? Oh, oh come on. I feel like now that Emily said it, I can't get White Christmas out of my head. Mm. And the title song, I mean, that warms your heart. Yeah. I'll Be Home for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love I'll Be Up there for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's one that, in the bleak midwinter. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Just like that haunting melody. That's mm -hmm. probably my favorite. Carol of the Bells, I think, gets me. Especially on it. electric guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. It did. I saw them live and it was amazing. Oh my uh, god. It was everything yeah. you could imagine. As I as we were talking about different holiday stories, I was like, hey, I have three wise women here. Uh, talking about this. <laughs> I dibs the frankincense. Yeah. <laughs> dibs. We three kings of Orion. Yeah. yeah. So I knew that once. Do you know? You yeah. probably don't no. know. Do you know? Wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> She'll edit this out. I don't know. Emily, Rachel, Patty, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your holiday favorites and talking about Snow Globe and Poor Christmas. And uh, best of luck with the run. Thanks so much. Thank you. This is really fun. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you so much, Katie.